Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Well, again, Merry Christmas. Uh, If you have a Bible or a Bible app, I'd like for you to follow along with me. Look it up in Luke chapter number 2, verses 1 through 14, Luke 2, 1 through 14. And then, uh, actually, that's that's not the correct scripture. I don't know why that's up there. It's Luke 1, 26 through through 38. So just don't pay attention to why. Yeah, there it is. That's the correct one. So we got it. And that would be weird if you started following me along and I'm not preaching from what what I told you. But go ahead and find that in your Bible, your Bible apps. But you know, Christmas, it for some reason, Christmas tends to bring with it some unwanted stress. Have you guys felt stress over the past few days? You know what I'm talking about. You're getting the house ready for your guests. You're 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 dealing with relationship challenges. You're 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 fretting over seeing people that maybe you'd rather not see. Uh, overextending yourself financially and and hoping that the recipients of your gifts are actually going to like your gifts and not take them back. Maybe the, the bummer office parties, any of y'all get to do any of those. Uh, but on the other hand, some are more sober, such as experiencing Christmas for the first time without a loved one who's passed away, someone who, that, who you've shared your life with and they're no longer here. Uh, maybe you're experiencing Christmas alone or a, a layoff, a physical malady or an emotional challenge that you're walking through like depression or anxiety. And again, the list can go on and on. But what I'm asking us to do is over these next few minutes, I'm asking you to set all of that aside. And uh, in fact, that's really what this Christmas Eve service is about. It's about setting aside everything, removing ourselves from the stress that's already there and just focusing on the true meaning, the reason for Christmas in the first place. And, and, and Christmas has everything to do with what we believe. And that's the title of my message today, Believe. Now, I, I grew up in a Christian home. It was, it was great. I, I had a very good upbringing and I'm, I'm grateful to God for that. Uh, and, and, and in our home, we, we celebrated Christmas, and it was full of life, and it was full of excitement. And as a child, the Christmas services, they were my favorite. And I, I remember so clearly, year after year, my father, who happened to be our pastor, he would give out these brown paper bags, and these, these bags were filled with candy and nuts and either an apple or an orange. And that was actually the tradition back then, and, we, and those, those those bags would be sealed up, and, and, and then at the very end of the service, at the very end of the service, my father would stand at the edge of the platform and dig into this huge box and start throwing the treat bags out. They were called Christmas treat bags. Now, I, of course, my brothers and I, we already knew what was in the bags because we had stuffed them in the living room prior to the Christmas Eve service. But, uh, but, but when he'd start throwing those out, I mean, it would get a little bit crazy in there. And, and I could see, it, it feels like that's something I would want to do. It feels like something I want 
want to do right now, just start throwing things out to you guys and seeing if you can catch it all. But, but instead, we're going to keep things a little more orderly. But, but my, me and my brothers, we had to wait because we weren't allowed to take the bags or catch any of the bags just in case we ran out. And occasionally we did, but dad, it, it was always fun. Because, but the one thing dad always did is he made it very, very clear that Christmas was about Jesus and believing, believing in him. Um, in our home, the Christmas story, it, it was commonplace. Uh, we believed it. We believed all of it. And I want to tell you, I still believe it today. Dad would methodically read the Luke 2 account of, uh, of, the, of the Christmas story just before we were to open our gifts. And sometimes at some Christmases, if, uh, if the boys, because there were a bunch of boys in the house, if we were acting up during the Christmas story, Dad would have all of us kneel down at our place and ask God to forgive us for acting up during the reading of the Christmas story. And we would just have our heads down and praying until Dad said, amen, now you can get up and we can celebrate Christmas. But I loved Christmas. I loved getting Christmas gifts just like any other child. And you know, there's nothing like getting the latest electronics. And yes, we did have electronics back then when I was a kid. I, I do very clearly recall one of my favorite Christmas gifts ever was a portable, a portable record player that I was able to get. And that's me open, looking at my new record player. My, uh, I, I loved it. I loved those moments. And I, I just still wonder whatever happened to that thing. And, uh, but but the, the audio was terrible on it, but I had my record player and I could latch it up and carry it like a suitcase wherever I went. And I loved carrying that thing around, but, but I knew, and I treasured the real meaning of Christmas. Uh, Of course, it wasn't the pursuit of the gifts under the tree as much as we love that, but it was the gift of Jesus. So I want to ask you a question. Do you believe the Christmas story? I mean, do you believe what's in the Bible? Do you really believe all of it? I mean, if so, have you ever considered how this story impacts our lives today right here in the big city some 2,000 years after the event here in the 21st century? How does it affect our lives? Well, the Christmas story actually began uh, about 70 miles north of Bethlehem in a small a blue-collar community called Nazareth. And there, of course, there were no office towers or concrete, no coffee shops, no condos, none of the things we have in our city. In fact, it was a very rural story. The whole Christmas story is a rural story. But it's in this setting in Nazareth where hardworking men and women like Joseph and Mary, they were just working hard to eke out a living. And that's when the angel visitations started. And we pick it up in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Follow along with me in your Bibles. It says, now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name 
Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. That's, that means the Jewish people forever, and his kingdom will have no end. But Mary said to the angel, well, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, also, the holy child will be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth herself has conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month. Important words here. For nothing will be impossible with God. Let me say it again. For nothing will be impossible with God. And, and Mary said, behold, the Lord's bondservant, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. And then verse 40, 45 says, this is Elizabeth now talking to Mary, her relative talking to her. She says, and blessed is she who believed. Important words there, I'll say it again. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. See, blessing and belief go hand in hand. And this, this is actually the very beginning of the Christmas story. And this set everything in motion that we're celebrating today and tomorrow. And the entire Christmas story revolves around the word believe. It's about belief. The angel said, when you believe, nothing will be impossible with God. Mary believed, and the angel told her she was going to give birth to the Son of God, and that she was beloved, and she was blessed. Joseph believed when the angel spoke to him and said to take Mary as his wife, even though she's already pregnant. The Magi believed the prophecies, and they came and made this pilgrimage to Bethlehem, following a star in spite of the fact that they weren't even Jews. The shepherds around the hills in Bethlehem they believed the angel telling them to go and visit the newborn king. So today I'm going to give you just a few challenges to believe. One is to believe that God came to earth in human form. I also challenge you to believe that God works miracles. Believe that eternity is real. And believe that sin is toxic and brings death. And that's a huge part of the story. Yeah, sin it, it, it's, it's, it's like this highly radioactive poison. In fact, the smallest amount of sin is actually a death sentence. So God sent his son Jesus into this world as we celebrate this Christmas, not only to become the, the hands and the feet and the voice of God, but to also deal with sin issues. I mean, God, he, he didn't want his creation to perish as a result of the toxicity of sin. And so we have to realize that a, a key part of this whole story is that sin is poison. And, and realize that everybody, all of us have sin. In fact, we needed Jesus to come on the scene because of the simple toxic nature of sin. Again, that's why Jesus came. 
You know, you, when you work a job, you get wages. You, you get a paycheck. When you're a sin, you also get, when you sin, you get wages as well. But it's toxic wages because the scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. It's a, it's a poison that infects every human on this earth. Yet Jesus was the only sinless man to walk the earth. But here's something else we believe. And I challenge you to believe this. Believe that Jesus became sin for us. He became sin. When Jesus was on the cross, the physical agony, it was horrific. But you know what? The crucifixion itself, the, act, the horrible things they did to his body is not what killed him. See, God literally took the sin of the world and, and, and all the sin that had been committed from the beginning of time, <clears throat> including any of the sin that was going to be uh, committed all the way out into the future, sin that's committed today, and he placed all of that on Jesus and he absorbed that sin. See, our sins killed Jesus. He took all of that toxicity onto himself and he became sin. You know, if you were to get some water, let's say it's radioactive water, and you drink that radioactive water, then you become radioactive, you become toxic. And that's what Jesus came on this earth to do. See, the wages of sin is death. So Jesus died and he took upon himself the toxic sin of the world. As a result, every single one of us now have a choice. We, 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 uh, we pay the, the, the death penalty. We can pay for the death penalty for sin ourselves simply by not accepting Christ, or we can accept the gift of life by embracing Jesus. And, and the beauty of it is this. God will not force you. He's not going to, to pr- put heavy pressure on you and force you to do anything. You simply use your free will. Romans 6.23 says this. It says, the wages of sin is death, but, and I like this because that's the important part, the gracious gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, I look at that scripture right there and I say, it's a no-brainer. I'll choose the gift over paying the penalty myself. It's the best Christmas gift that anyone could ever have. It's the gift of eternal life in Jesus. And God really loves you. And if you've accepted this gift, then you're in his family. You're in the family of God, and you have all the benefits of the family of God. I mean, you have, you, you're set free from eternal death. You're set free from hell. You have no fear of the judgment of God in your life. You have eternal life. You have healing. You have hope. You have deliverance. You have daily help. You have comfort. You have peace. God gives you direction. And you have Christian family. You have supernatural provision and protection protection, and joy. You see, there's no other Christmas gift that can compare to what God gives us. We've been given this gift, and, and it's been, been distributed equally to all mankind, everyone. But people have to simply pick up the gift and receive it and embrace it. Under the Christmas tree in my living room, there are some neatly wrapped gifts. Now, I'll tell you, Rebecca, she loves to, to make it so beautiful. The gold and the silver shiny uh, wrapping paper, and it's so wonderful. And the boxes are labeled for every single family member. But if that family member doesn't believe that there's something actually in that package, 
Or if they simply look at it and say, well, I'm not going to pick it up and unwrap that gift, they will never enjoy the benefits of the gift. See, the gift is there even if it remains unused. And sadly, unfortunately, a lot of people do go through this life, go through life just never picking up and unwrapping the gift of Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, they, end up, they will end up suffering an eternity in hell because of that decision because they simply chose to not believe. See, unbelief has eternal consequences. Our Father gave us Jesus, but our faith has to be engaged. We have to believe because he, he didn't come to us as like a shiny gift under a Christmas tree, and that would have been nice. But no, the newborn king is wrapped in these unattractive used uh, strips of cloth and he was laid in an animal feeding trough in a damp, stinky barn. There was nothing romantic or beautiful about that. And he went on to live his life and suffer the death of a criminal even though he had never even committed a sin. He never, he, he didn't do anything to deserve that. So the gift of Jesus really doesn't look all that attractive on the exterior um, it, it, but at the same time, it's the only way, the only way to have sin forgiven. It's the only way to receive the gift of eternal life. And God, I tell you, he has a wonderful future planned for every single one of you, and it is yours for the taking. So what will you do? Have you accepted the gift? Have you made Jesus yours? Do you need to accept that gift today and break the curse of the toxic sin over your life? Are you ready to believe and receive the gift of God and salvation? I mean, the book of Acts, Acts 16, 31 says this, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. See, believing in Jesus is so much more than going to church or just cognitively believing that God exists. No, to believe means to, to trust in God's promise that God can and God will work all things out. God will work things out in his way, in his timing, in his economy. Some of you guys, you're stressed out and you're feeling, you're, you're, you're facing some real trouble. Some of you are dealing with some extremely intimidating trouble right now. But Jesus said this, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. This is not a perfect world we live in. But he says, take courage. I have overcome the world. See, that's what I believe. And to believe what it does, it opens us up to all of God's possibilities. Belief challenges us to know that no matter what we're facing in our lives, the message of Jesus still rings true. Take courage. I have overcome the world. And in this world, there are no God-forsaken people. There are no God-forsaken places and no God-forsaken situations. And it doesn't matter how low you are or maybe even how much you despise yourself right now or how far you've fallen. God has not forsaken you. It's no accident you're here today. So as we've heard the story of Jesus several times, uh, this Christmas story shared several times from this platform in this last hour, we have to ask ourselves, is it truth or is it fairy tale? 
my question to you is, do you believe? If, if you believe it as truth and receive the gift of Jesus, something happens. Because like the angel said to Mary, then nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. And you can expect the unexpected. And this includes the turning around of our impossible hearts as well. I tell you guys, it doesn't matter what you've done. God can and God will forgive you. He will give you a, a, a clean slate. He will wipe the slate clean in your life. All you have to do is believe. Jesus said these words found in John 3, 16 and 17. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes, believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into this world to judge or to condemn this world, but he sent him so that the world might be saved through him. I believe that. Do you believe? Do you believe? Before we take a moment and experience Christmas communion together, I'd like to give anyone and everyone in this room the opportunity to receive that gift, making this Christmas the one that changes your life for eternity. Right here in downtown Fort Worth, December 24th, 2023. With nobody looking around, nobody moving at all, would you please just lock yourself in with God? If you need Jesus and you're making the choice today to believe in Jesus, you want your sin forgiven, that's the best decision. That's the best gift that you can accept today. And I challenge you, I urge you to accept that gift. If you're here this this afternoon and you need Jesus, you're ready to give your life to him, just to the count of three, I'm going to have you lift your hand. And that way I can see you. I can connect my faith with you. And we can pray together. And God is going to come into your life. Your life will be changed from the inside out. So if that's you this morning, again, nobody's looking around. Count of three, lift your hand for me so I can just connect my faith with you. Will you do that? One, two, three. That's you. You need Jesus. Lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Thank you so much. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray these these words with me. In fact, congregation, I I want you to pray this as well as an encouragement to those who are giving their lives to Christ in this very setting. Pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash away my past. For today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for your gift of salvation. I choose to live for you, and I choose to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org.
God bless.